You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The business of pharmacy would do better to understand that success is about delivering better health to our patients. For this reason, all pharmacy organizations should develop a persistent spirit of servant leadership and leverage intelligent technology to maximize better outcomes. This is the Rx Safe podcast series brought to you by the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Rx Safe has unwavering core values, which guide everything they do every day. They believe in the importance of people above all other aspects of business and aspire to ensure their customers are 100% satisfied. This podcast series is about challenging conventional wisdom, upending the status quo, and developing technology that will define the future of the pharmacy industry. This is the RX Safe podcast series. Learn more at rxsafe.com forward slash podcasts. During the 2019 PDS conference in Orlando, Florida, RX Safe hosted a panel discussion titled Five Ways to Stop Amazon and PillPack and Grow Your Business. The Pharmacy Podcast Network is working closely with RxSafe to deliver a four-part series. This is part one of the RxSafe podcast series. I'm the host and founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Nation, Todd Urey. And now, here's Bill Holmes, CEO of RxSafe. So I'm going to introduce our panelists, and Todd is going to go through some questions and answers, but it's designed to try to stimulate thinking and answer. Uh, the, the main point is to have you ask questions and get your questions answered. So first, we have Benjamin McNabb on the end down there. Love Oak Pharmacy, Eastland, Texas. Ben purchased his store in 2015 and bought adherence packaging technology from RxA for a year later. Uh, ben is a special, uh, special guest here today because Ben won the NCPA Award for Outstanding Adherence Practitioner in 2018. Thank you for being here, Ben. And we have Amjad Abawake, Chief of Pharmacy in Patterson, New Jersey. Chief of Pharmacy was acquired by Amjad and his partner in 1998. They've been providing adherence packaging service for seven years, so he's a veteran and have 150 patients using that system now. Neil Patolia, closest to me here, AUM Pharmacy in Anaheim, California. Been in business for over 10 years and provided adherence packaging to their patients for over eight years. Kyle Omax. Say hi, Kyle. Hello. <laughs> Southern Pharmacy in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Anybody here have a pharmacy that is more than 45 years old? Oh, wow. Well, you're in good company because Kyle's is 45 years old. And now they now operate six stores. And they've been providing adherence packaging for three years and have 75 patients on the program. Bruce Kelsey and Gibson Pharmacy in Athens, Georgia. I'm sorry. Athens, Texas. Texas. Do that all the time. <laughs> Gibson's been in business since 1967. Been offering adherence packaging for over 15 years. So with that, I'll turn it back over to Todd. And uh, please do raise your hand if you have a question, and we'll try to get to it as we're going through the process. Thank you, Bill. So in June of 2018, we heard about the Amazon PillPack acquisition. And the most aggressive and creative minds in pharmacy and independent pharmacy went to work with the technology at hand. And so my first question goes to Mr. Ben. 
Are you seeing more patience, awareness, maybe even more aggressiveness from PillPak's part, trying to take business away from your independent pharmacy, or is it pretty much the same before Amazon took over? Well, I, I would definitely say I'm seeing quite a bit more advertising in our area. I think uh, they're still acclimating themselves to the pharmacy industry. Um, so I think uh, we're only kind of seeing the tip of the iceberg here on what Amazon's able to do um, with this, um, how they're going to market it, how they're going to push it out. Um, I would say that uh, it's probably not as extent they haven't pushed in extensively. Um, so I think there's still a, a window of opportunity to try to be first in your marketplace, um, try to get uh, to your providers quickly, maybe start advertising in your local area through social media and other means of advertising to try to be the first to mind when someone sees a PillPack ad on TV or through Google ad networks and other things. They'll remember this local pharmacy, I remember did this, and I believe uh, uh, if you market it correctly that uh, it, it'll be to your advantage. Um, Jad, have you had any experience with strip packaging before purchasing the Rapid Pack RX? And if so, discuss that experience and tell us why you switched. Uh, <clears throat> well, we've been doing um, adherence packaging for almost now seven years. Um, I did have uh, the difference between <clears throat> Rapid Pack and other competitors. They do have uh, calyx cells or cartilage or cancers, where unfortunately um, you have to calibrate every time you add the new NDC, and you know how it is now, especially with generics, uh, you different shape, different color, and if you change NDC because different price and so on, um, you're out of luck with that cancer. So uh, even though I had one with 200 cancers, I did every single one manually. So I never used those cancers, unfortunately. And um, so it was time consuming. It would take an hour plus per patient to do like 10, 15, 10 12 pay, uh, drugs per patient. And um, the verification process was a nightmare. You actually have to go through each and every single pouch, look at it, and you hope that you did the right thing. You hope that actually you checked it, and you looked at it, and you verified it. Uh, so it was what my staff hated doing it because it was it's like just similar to blister pack. It wasn't really adherence uh, because again it's it's a manual process. Uh, now with the rabbit pack, it's it just takes about maybe ten minutes per patient, uh, and the verification for a pharmacist is like a minute or less. Versus, you don't have to, I don't have to open the box. I just look at the screen, as big as this screen, uh, where you can actually see every single pouch. And if there's, usually there's no error, but if there's any, you could see it right there and then. Bruce, what made you choose the adherence system that you're using now over other options? And was space an issue? And um, kind of discuss that as it evolved for your, uh, for your pharmacy. Uh, the choice for a strip packager was uh, kind of organic growth for us. We've done just about every packaging adherence system out there from DocuDose, Medicine on Time, Opus Cassettes, uh, you name it. <coughs> um, 
all of those are very labor intensive. Uh, the as he spoke to, the, even the other packaging systems are very labor intensive uh, as far as loading lighted trays, loading cassettes, pharmacists checking lighted trays, pharmacies pharmacists checking cassettes that are loaded into the automation and then pharmacists checking the actual strip packaging. Um, so going to the rapid pack, the, the main reason is a reduction in workload and, and it is apparent that there's a reduction in workload. Uh, Space-wise, speak to that, I still have my competing company's packer sitting because it's not easy to move. It weighs several thousand pounds. We know this because we've moved it once. Um, the rapid pack is beautifully small. It's a, it's very efficient, very small. You could probably, it's actually sitting right next to our old packer. I like to think of that it's laughing at it. But uh, it, you, I don't know a pharmacy out there that wouldn't be able to fit a rapid pack into the space that they have. And it's a very efficient packing system. Kyle, a pharmacy owner who has multitude of pharmacies and servicing for your community and the type of pharmacy that you're that you're working and there's challenges there talk to me about ROI and the uh, the investment into arc safe technology uh, we were using a card based system before and basically if you're doing that you hit a limit very fast and uh, we realized that if you want to take it to the next level you really can't do it with that uh, card based system because first of all you don't have buy-in from uh, your staff to actually get that job done so our um, process started in late 2017 um, we were looking for diff different options of growth and uh, we evaluated all the competing technologies and to kind of go back to the size issue our pharmacy has a uh, prescription department that is 400 square feet and in that 400 square feet we have another auto piece of automation also so we were able to take the rapid pack and put it in that 400 square feet and still be able to have an efficient workflow to get that job done. So um, this is a growth market for us. Uh, if you look at the cost of the consumables, we think it's almost a break even, especially if you have patients on multiple bottle fills. Um, and then if you look at the opportunity for growth, once you hit a certain number, you're going to be able to uh, uh, get your return on investment once you uh, hit those growth numbers. Can I say something on this one? Sure. Um, like, um, I also go back to the rabbit. I have the towers, and I also have the rabbit pack. I mean, I have a high-volume pharmacy. When when I first I started with the RX Safe, the tower first, I had five technicians doing the packaging alone. Um, and we do, like, over a 1,000 prescriptions, let's say, on, on, a, on a regular day. Um, the day I, the, the second, third week, I got the towers in. I had moved two or three technicians from packaging to doing synchronization. That alone, return on investment right there on the tower. And then now with the rabbit pack, now with the pill pack and the stuff going on right now is if you bring in, let's say like, um, if you go out there, I'm sure all of you do market. I hope you all go out there to pharmacy and not behind the bench and going out there and going to doctors, daycare, and so on. If you bring in <clears throat> five, seven patients a month on this system, new patients, do the math. You do like average patient, eight, 10 prescriptions, and hopefully you're making $10 per prescription. Do the math, and five patients, 
let's say 10 patients per month, newer patients, brand new patients. That's 10 times 10, I mean, do the math. It's almost like four or $5,000 extra income coming in. That would pay for your, for your machine. So is it affordable? I believe it's affordable. It's just like how you actually go, how you go about it and, 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 and go out there and just bring in, you don't bring it in and, and have no plan for it. Before you buy it, before you get it, have a plan and just go out there and, and, and get it done. Also, uh, quickly mentioning, um, don't, don't forget the tax benefits of bringing a new piece of technology. Um, some of these tax breaks that you can get off these technologies can really reduce how many patients you need to bring on to break even on that technology. So I know the RxSafe guys are very familiar with those tax benefits and they, they're finance guys that uh, they partner with. So make sure you ask them about that. And just real quickly, the, as compared to the competing companies where you do have 200, 250 canisters, um, if you're going to load that machine completely, you're talking about a significant increase in your inventory, uh, whereas the rapid pack, you have no increase in inventory other than your increase in patient volume. That's one also reason why we never use the canisters. Why would I have my uh, Genovia for the next four weeks sitting in, in my canisters? Also, I just want to add one more t thing to that. So with the, with the, you also have a lot of errors that occur because the tablets fall irregularly. So you're, you're correcting the packets most of the time. You rip it open, pull out a single tablet, and tape it up again. So with the, the rapid pack, that is pretty much diminished now. So you save time from a correction standpoint and just efficiency. And it's peace of mind as well. What if uh, a technician just forgot to check? So so if that occurs and that's a liability on you, the patient can complain. So this is all encompassing, so you don't have to worry about those liabilities as well. Neil, expand upon that, because yesterday you were going into the concept of machine learning. We all know artificial intelligence is going to become a big part of healthcare. It is going to become part more so of pharmacy. So talk to us about machine learning with the, um, with the technology. Yeah, that's, so what makes um, excuse me. Um, what makes Rapid Pack so amazing is that it has, I guess you can say, 2.0 technology in the sense that it has two cameras. One's in the the canister area, so it takes a picture of the the tablet first to verify what it is, and then once it goes through the system, it takes a picture at the end as well, so while it's in the strip packaging itself. So since it has two cameras, each camera is around 99 point something percent accuracy, so if you have two of those, it's a multiplier effect right there. So in the sense of machine learning, what it does is that it takes a picture first of the individual tablet, and then once it goes in the package, it takes a picture again. So it identifies the tablet, but the what machine learning does is that it understands each angle of that tablet. So let's say a tablet, first time it was a picture was like this. Next time it was upside down or whichever angle it was. It aggregates all those pictures and makes it into a single image or has a database now of different angles of that picture. So in that sense, accuracy increases exponentially. The corrections that are being made in the machine are saving your techs and your pharmacist time because those corrections are happening inside the machine before it's actually packaged. It's pretty amazing. And that liability alone, it's a peace of mind, so. 
I want to expand on the marketing aspect. It's actually my favorite sector of technology is actually marketing that technology, and that means you marketing that technology. If somebody were to raise their hand, I'll pick on you right now. What's the name of your pharmacy? Small town pharmacy. Small town. So imagine a small town pack. Small town pack. I mean, you could roll that out on social media, but I want to ask Ben, based on his use of social media, how are you marketing this technology to your customer base? Because we can invest in all the technology we want. It will increase efficiency. It's going to help you save money with tech time and pharmacy time. You're going to be able to spend more time with your patient. But if you're not telling the story of the investment that you made, which, by the way, is extremely interesting to people out there wanting to know what's your pharmacy doing that hey, I heard about Amazon in this pill pack, so what are you doing? Kind of expand upon that, Ben. I, I've been really impressed with the impact um, of social media, um, especially as, if you can get this social media presence out there as personalized as possible, if you already have a well-built page um, especially, um, you can really get that message out there. And it's not just for the 85-year-old that might, might not be on Facebook, but it's about the caregivers and children that are taking care of that parent at home. So your, your audience is very broad when you're marketing for this. Um, so considering everyone that uh, is involved in the care of that patient, um, whether it's caregivers, um, providers, or the patients themselves, and many, many uh, more uh, seniors are on Facebook. I know my 85-year-old uh, grandmother-in-law is on Facebook now, and she, I, I mean, just just imagine s some of the potential there. I, I would just say that make sure you um, have a little, uh, make sure you do your research on effective social media advertising. Um, Facebook typically doesn't like a mass-produced or stock image type advertisement. It really wants it to come down to that local level. It wants to come down to that relationship that exists between you and the customer that's a sincere relationship. So if you can get that across, um, Facebook's algorithms can really pick that up, see that it's engaging content, and you can boost the heck out of it in your geographic area and really uh, make a good go at it. Um, we happen to have uh, been pretty successful. I think video advertising is a very good option for this service. It's hard to explain in text and just audio and radio. But if you get a video in front of uh, your audience that shows them how useful the product is, how life-changing it can be for the customer, um, then uh, it, it can grow pretty fast. We got picked up by local news uh, after our uh, 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 video was put in front of one of their journalists, and then we had a new story done, um, and, uh, and then I, we put that on Facebook and boosted that again. So um, it can really grow. I, I would say that your local area might not be, it's still relatively a new concept, so it's very possible that uh, your local news stations would love to do a story on how you're helping patient lives and how you're competing with Amazon and, and things like that. So I would say that's a great avenue to go after right now. Um, Jed, tell us about, do you charge for this service, and are there any lessons learned? If you could kind of do this over again, what might you do differently? Uh, we do not charge for it, um, and I don't believe, or we should, should we try, uh, charge for it. Uh, the cost per box or per patient 
it's, I mean, it's not, it, you really, the, in the back of your mind, you want to set yourself apart from the competitors, number one, and you want to bring in a new patient. And again, if those patients will bring also more revenue for you as well. So we do not charge. I don't believe we should charge. I don't think it's, it's, it, it costs too much to have it. If you compare the cost per vial, per pouch, it's very com comparable. So I don't feel that we should charge for it. But again, like, you know, just like, maybe I, I'm not, being on social media, it's something we should be doing. Uh, we're talking, I was talking to Neil about this one, and actually, um, I know RxSafe has a phenomenal program that I can't wait to be a part of uh, with social media and, and so on, for, with marketing. Uh, something I'm gonna enroll myself into, hopefully, uh, as soon as I get back. But, um, like, what we do, to bring more revenue, again, like you know, uh, like in one of my stores, uh, my pharmacist actually, they crack all their sync program on Monday and Wednesday, but they're out there on uh, Monday through Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they're out there seeing doctors. And, and that's one way to bring in, and basically go to doctors to speak about the sync program and the packaging adherence, and how that also beneficial for their patients, and how they, beneficial for their practice, for their star rating and so on. And now they're pushing, and they're focusing on diabetic patients. So they're bringing more revenues as well. And, and so really that, uh, there's, I don't feel that should be charging for it. Make sure you get a couple home health agencies on your side as well. Home health, they love this. Yeah. Uh, if you can get a good home health agency, you will just get tons of referrals. And they're referring these patients that take 10 or more medications, um, that they're maybe they can only keep on service for so many months. They need a long-term solution to manage their medications, and we've been a great fit for um, those home health. And they're out in the community also, so their geographic area, at least in my area, rural area, is pretty extensive. And so because of packaging, we're able to service a much larger geogra geographic area than what we have in the past. So we went from a potential population reach of about 18,000 to 125,000 when you start looking at kind of the map. And so I love the idea of that, not having to put another brick and mortar in necessarily, but being able to extend our reach through uh, other means. So. Also, partner with your PPM, you have a lot of like Medicare Part D now uh, reps out there. And they knock on your door. I mean, they knock on my pharmacy all the time. And can we talk to your patient about switching patient from plan A to plan B and so on? Find a good one that you know it's beneficial for you. And be your best friend. They will bring you tons of patients. So, so in regards to that, so we're in a medical building, and next door, um, what they did was they had all the brokers come in, and when I talk to brokers, I'm like, okay, so your broker, there's other brokers just like you, so in order to differentiate yourself, why don't you work with a pharmacy that has a packaging system, so it's a win-win for you because you get the extra value that other brokers can bring in. So it's a good target market, too, is talking to brokers, as Amjad has said. Hey, Bruce, talk to us about the text required for your packaging program. Um, do you run the packaging system every day? So we, the, the packager runs every day, but uh, most of the packages are completed by Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, we run it with one tech. Um, it, it's easy for one tech to run this system. She does have, we have an RxSafe tower as well, so obviously the, the fill tech on that pulls the, the drugs out of the tower for, but other than that, it's 100% brandy, and she does the entire system. Um, it's, 
easily I can see her at this point we've got about 150 people in the system right now I can easily see her reaching 30 to 50 patients a day uh, without a problem uh, after that I guess I have to talk to Bill about maybe buying another packer <laughs> Um, good problem to have. Yeah, a good problem to have. And I'll tell you that um, before we got the rapid pack, um, if we had a patient that we were transferring, transitioning from the sync program into packaging or just somebody that came in, uh, the look on my text face was not a happy emoji face. It was a, uh, you know, it, w it was not a, a happy day for her. She wanted the program to build, but it was hard to get her to buy in. Now, Brandy, we've got a patient that wants to be in the rapid pack. It's all good. It's simple. It's easy. Um, quick little story. Had a patient, new patient to us that we weren't aware. The doctor had told them, sent the prescriptions to us. Uh, they called. They wanted it delivered. They were new to us outside of our normal delivery area. The sister calls back, says, hey, the doctor said that y'all were going to put this in, in some kind of pouch system for my brother. He can't read. Um, and so it really needs to go in this system. In the past, it would have been, hey, you know, we can get him in the Packard maybe in a week or two. Uh, told Brandy, called the sister, in less than an hour I was checking his box off. So, big difference. I want to talk about workflow for a second, Kyle, and that is serving vial patients and adherence packaging patients and the, uh, the workflow that goes into that, especially with your multi-locations. We, um, one of the requirements that we were looking at in a uh, packing solution was the ability to fit in our existing workflow. Obviously, with the size of our pharmacy, we didn't have a lot of options to, uh, in that area. But um, so we just use our dispensing system to designate a uh, first of all that the patient is in our packing system, and then second of all, we use uh, another grouping inside of that to basically distinguish between delivery zones. So uh, for our multiple locations, if we're servicing a patient that happens to be associated with one of our other locations, we use that grouping throughout the workflow to identify where, um, where it needs to be delivered and also when it gets to the print queue, it's sent to a different workflow than our bottle fills. So um, we've seen good success with using that system to uh, basically service multiple locations without having to have a system in in each location. I'm sure Bill would like to sell me multiple packers, but we can service that in a, a uh, central fill model uh, based on what we've got set up now. By show of hands, who's considering adherence packaging as part of your business and or already doing it? Okay, almost almost all of you. Ben, what would you tell a pharmacy owner who is considering strip packaging and recognizing that it's a pretty big investment, more than just the dollars spent for the actual system or the technology, but implementation and workflow and having to redesign your workflow, integrate that into your pharmacy system? There's a lot to think about. Yeah, we started from ground zero. We didn't have much of a sync program. Whether that was wise or not, I'm not sure at this point. Probably not. But, um, you know, it was a paradigm shift in how we operated. Um, the logistics that, go, that goes into operating an adherence packaging service is pretty significant. Our process usually starts about two weeks ahead of time. 
you know, sync, you don't necessarily have to have the refill on time, but with adherence packaging, it is extremely important that you always make sure that that pill is in their pack at the end of the day when that gets to their house. So very critical. So it, it's, it's just a much higher intensity uh, type of synchronization and medication and adherence um, service uh, than what I was traditionally used to. Um, and so working that in, trying to make sure that you also delegate this to your staff appropriately, that you're trying not to be overly involved. Um, you do have to continue being a pharmacist and doing everything you have to do. I'm trying to make sure that uh, you get your staff trained and on board um, is super critical. Um, I have seen many times a pharmacist will purchase a packager, not have an appropriate uh, marketing plan, and not have an appropriate workflow implementation, and it sits in the corner, and then they're just trying to give the thing away because they think it's just getting in the way. Um, so very, very important to have that business plan surrounding packaging. I've tried to make it a focus of my business, and I think uh, really trying to focus on adherence packaging has, um, has, has been a big benefit. Who has questions for this panel? So what are your guys' processes like for uh, either additions to medication or subtractions or antibiotics, uh, something else, you know, during the course of the month? I think uh, that's going to be, honestly, your biggest advantage to pill pack. okay? That higher intensity relationship that you have with your local market, your direct access to the patient. I don't see that it's a huge problem, okay? It does happen, um, but you are that local person that can get the job done in those tight situations where something is urgent. If it's an urgent change or an urgent addition, you're gonna ensure that that gets to them in a timely fashion that's congruent with their care. Um, if it's a blood thinner or if it was a transition of care, they wound up in the hospital, okay? They just got discharged at home. We gotta make sure they get started on this uh, back right away. There was changes. We reconciled their meds after they got discharged. These are things that Amazon and PillPack will not be able to do. And um, so think about that as your biggest advantage that, yes, there's a little bit, there's gonna be a little bit more intensive work surrounding some of these patients, um, but I have not found it to be um, impossible to work with. I also, I also recommend uh, as far as where you consider your geographic reach, I, I personally think that at all times, you should most likely have a way of getting direct physical access to that patient in those situations. With PillPack, you know, it's just kind of like good luck a little bit. I, I don't know how they handle some of those major issues that could happen. Um, if it's a little old lady that, you know, I know they're, I know they're a family, right? And we have to take this med out. And she doesn't know what to do. The family's not around. They're in a different city. Who's going to take care of that little old lady, you know? We do. Um, PillPack and Amazon, they're, they're not going to do that. They might try to explain over the phone, hey, this is what the pill looks like. Make sure you don't take this one. Um, but uh, sometimes, you know, you're going to have to hold that patient's hand a little bit. But I say that's just good local community care, and that's where we're going to strive in the marketplace. I hope that helps a little bit. Your local state representatives, your mayor, your congresspeople, um, county representatives, if you called them and said, we want you to come to our pharmacy and understand how we're saving community lives and community money, 
and then reach out to the local newspaper and put that together, that's a public relations event for you. And this is the kind of technology that can spur and, and get that going. Really reducing nursing home care, reducing home health care. I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many times a family member comes to me and says, thank you for doing this because we were going to have to put my mom in a nursing home. Just imagine the cost to the health system for having that person in a nursing home or having them on home health. Um, so the cost reductions for the health system, I think, are just huge. And really, I, I don't. we need to start calculating. I would love to start getting some studies on this. How much money are we saving when we keep this person at home for this much longer because we're able to provide this type of service? I mean, we need to be going to all the health plans and explaining what we're doing. Um, and Medicare, uh, we, I think there's tremendous value here. You know, I know we're talking about how a lot of us don't want to charge for this, but I think that a lot of the health plans understand how valuable this is to them, and they're willing to pay for this, especially in, in some states. I, I keep hearing that you know, there's, there's certain engagements with payers that there's potential here to get paid for all the work that goes in and try to take care of these people at home, whether it's the home delivery aspect, the medication adherence aspect, the reconciliation that happens every month. Um, so, Melody. Go ahead. Let me just add real quick to that. Uh, another uh, venue, it, the hospital readmissions. You know, if you go to your, if you have a hospital close to you locally, um, their readmission rate uh, greatly affects the reimbursement with Medicare now. Uh, so that's another avenue for you. And then speaking to some of the advertising, we actually have a nurse in the county that works for one of the insurance companies that refers patients to us. She's not a home health nurse, doesn't work for the local home health agency. She works for one of the insurance companies and she calls us on a regular basis, basis with their high med difficult patients and puts them in our packaging system. Well, I have, we have two pharmacies, and we would like to do that for both the pharmacies in one space. And I know you have several pharmacies, and you're doing that centrally. Are you guys all uh, just doing it one or two days a week, or is it running all, every single day? I'm not really sure that I understand. Well, we run ours on a daily basis. So we take the first half of the morning to prepare the runs, and we like to use, we like to run all of our patients at one time and not just do one at a time. Uh, there's some saving on some stripping in doing that, but uh, you know, once you reach a certain volume, you're going to have to run it every day. You know, we, you can probably do 30 to 50 a day, so um, there's going to come a point when hopefully you go to that you're going to have to run it every day anyway, or add another machine. But no, that, that was the sink program. Oh, the sink program. Yeah, the sink program. One of the one of the stores. I have one store that does sink nine to five Monday through Friday because the number of patients. But then other stores did not as a higher volume. They do sink Monday through Wednesday and then do Thursday, Friday. They go out to doctors and so on. But as far as doing it every day, it's just so simple. You could run it anytime. If somebody walks in for, let's say, an antibiotics and, and you know what, you want to do it in a package. It doesn't take much to do it. So it's, it's so simple that could be done any day, any time. It's a piece of cake. It's almost on demand. <coughs> if you had the patient set up, it's almost on demand. You don't, you don't have to prepare the machine 
to actually come up with with the, with the adherence uh, packaging. Somebody comes in, has two medication, three medication. Okay, one, two, three. It's, it's really think of it as filling a script, put in a vial, but you're putting it in a pouch. As simple as that. So we have around uh, 200 patients. So what we do is, even some of the days we're still empty. So we do you synchronize a patient. That's step one. So if you guys haven't synchronized most of your patients, that's step one. And then using this packaging system is step two. So what we do is we just put them in calendars and. Every month, our technician looks at that and says, okay, what do we got to do right now? We call the patient. We ask if they have any medication changes. We, we review if any of the meds need refills. So we do that three, four weeks in advance. So that's where we're lined up per calendar. So then after a while, you, you can aggregate your patients and synchronize them to one day. This way you have still dead space for other responsibilities as well. So. I wanted to thank everyone for your time today and, and being here with us um, on behalf of RxSafe and PDS, Bill Holmes. I want to thank our panelists. You guys have done an amazing job. Thank you for listening to the RxSafe podcast series. Machine learning, intelligent technologies, and artificial intelligence is part of our global healthcare services future. Be sure to visit our website and schedule a time to talk with one of our pharmacy business consultants about the RxSafe technologies talked about on today's podcast episode. Visit us at rxsafe.com.